We're all doing the same thing, right? Yeah, it's this great. This is a great room. Basically, Jim and I want to take a minute here to talk to you all about how we met and why we're doing what we're doing right now. And we tried to do that in this location where I am virtually right now sitting in front of that piano, which is the piano that was used in the original Top Gun movie for those bar scenes. Remember with Goose playing, you, know, you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. <laughs> that happened like here. And, and Jim and I actually recorded that show and it was a train wreck. Oh my gosh. Everything that could have possibly go wrong and that live recording went wrong from background noise to the mics weren't working to the video was just, it was a mess. And I feel bad about that because it was kind of an interesting setting. We were sitting in front of that oh, same correct. piano. Uh, and, oh. and there's a couple of scenes from Top Gun film there and it's Kansas city barbecue in San Diego. And it's the first time that you and I had actually met face to face right, and in person, been, right? Yeah. We've been talking for a year before we more than a year before we had that face to face meeting. And we ended up having to scratch the episode. It didn't. It didn't work on audio or video level. Yeah, uh, it, it was just, a mess. Oh my gosh! But we definitely want to honor that moment because, you know, we did that. We were there. <laughs> it's like yeah, we were there, it. and and the, and they were and the, and the the hosts, uh, our hosts were so gracious to us. They really were. And I would like to get back. I'd like to get back, even if it's just to go eat some more of those onion rings because they were pretty good. Exactly. It was delicious. It was yes. delicious. And, and you know, one of the things about one of the things about Kansas City Barbecue I want to throw out here is that they uh when they say Kansas City Barbecue, it's because the owners are from Kansas City. It's in San Diego, but they're from Kansas City. And so there's a Kansas City Backers Club there. And if there's something that goes on in the state of Kansas and sports, you know, it, the people come to that bar, you know, if they're from Kansas, but they live in San Diego, they come to that bar. They probably were there last night for, for the Monday night football game, right? I mean, this is, this is where they come uh, to, to, to celebrate those things. Uh, but the food was good. The service was great. Uh, the setting is, 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 is fun and lively and interesting. And um, we sat right in front of the, uh, the the piano that Goose played, which is in the backdrop behind you, I believe. Yep, right there. Yes. And uh, that just happened. You know, that's another thing in the movie that a lot of people don't know is that that was not an originally scripted yeah, scene. Yeah, it was, it was uh, spontaneous or something, right? Yeah, they saw that the piano was in storage there and they were like, well, can we pull that out and use it? And they fixed it up and played it. And so, yeah, it's cool. They have signs up where the different scenes were filmed. So you can see from the angle like you are here and then this was the shot that was taken and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm going to overlay cool. this recording with some stills so y'all can watch and see, you know, the, the environment down there. And it, it's cool. It, it really is a cool place to go. You're right about that, Jim. You don't have to yeah. be from Kansas City to go there, but no, no, you should be from anywhere and you go to San Diego and you should make it one of your stops. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do we, how do we meet? So um, I'm, you know, I still to this day don't know exactly how it was that I found, um, the first article of yours that I read, but I read okay. it, and it and it felt like it was written for me. So I'm, I was, I did a temporary exploratory project called the exit network. Uh, it basically was a 2021 project only. And it was, um, it really was only for the first five of the first six months. It was from like February to June of 2021. And we, uh, the Advocates for Self-Government, which, which is one of the affiliations I have, I'm editor at large there, graciously agreed to send out the articles from the Exit Network. And you commented on one of the articles and asked if I would come on a show you have, which is called 
Oh my gosh, yes. Aho Radio. So authentic human outliers radio. John Krotek and I are recording these interviews with people who were, let's let's be honest, not mainstream. <laughs> and somebody who's advocating outliers. With, yes. Yeah, outliers, right? What Jim is advocating is definitely not mainstream, but it ought to be. <laughs> and this the article caught my attention. I hope I said something nice, man. <laughs> well, you did. So I, I you know, it was funny because in the space of about a year and a half, I did two interviews that were different. I'm used to doing media. I'm used to doing radio in particular. I've, I've hosted. I had my own syndicated radio show in, back in the aughts for just a little over three years, three and, almost three and a half. Um, I was on four stations at one point around the country. And uh, I've guest hosted for other shows and I've been a guest on various programs. I've tried podcasting once before. So I'm, I'm used to doing this and enjoy it. But every one of those shows, I was dealing kind of more in ephemeral stuff. And I was dealing about, I was dealing in stuff, right? If I go out and speak on behalf of Downsize DC, which is the thing I'm best known for doing, and I'm going to come on and talk about the Read the Bills Act, I have a certain set of sound bites, a patter that I'm used to doing. It stays very much on an ephemeral level. It's not threatening to me personally. I'm there to sell a product or get a point across or persuade people of an idea kind of thing. But I come on your show, and this was the second time in about, like I said, about 18 months where I was asked to talk about me. And I embraced the experience both times. And I did it with you. And when it was over, you said, we've had, I don't know, what was at that point, a couple dozen people, 25, 26 people on your show. And you said, you were the most authentic outlier. So authentic human outliers, I won the authenticity award. And I really just enjoyed the experience. I dug it. It was cool to kind of get at what is it that makes me tick? Why do I do what I do? And I talked about things. People can go find the clips on the Aho uh, YouTube channel, right? The Aho yep. radio that, still that, there. that this show's been on. Because uh, you even make clips of different segments. So we talked about things like the media fast all the way back then, right? Turning off mainstream media for a while, walking away from it. And... Uh, it was just, it was just a really uh, enriching experience for me. And you got back to me and said, Hey, um, why aren't you doing a podcast right now? And that began a conversation. Yeah. A long conversation, which lasted, I don't know, better part of a year, I think, right. Before we got around to it. Yeah. We, I, you know, our first conversation about this, we scheduled a time to talk and I was getting in the car to do basically a, a near cross-country trip. We were driving from Akron, Ohio to uh, South Dakota. And uh, I called you on the way to Indiana. And as we were crossing the Indiana line, we got off, you know, shortly after we got off the phone. So we had a long phone conversation there. And, and then we just kept going. And I, you know, I didn't really have the spirit yet. I didn't know what it was we needed to do. I had other stuff that I had to arrange in my life uh, to do this. You had other stuff that you had to arrange. Yeah, bringing it all together. Well, you know, I, I like to say there's always divine timing in this stuff. Yes. When it's ready, it will happen. And, and sort of that growing up, that percolation period was important. And I talked so, to you about, you know, stuff before. And and I realized that one of the interesting things is you're not just like a, a political commentator. There's something in the heart that's below that. And I think you've encapsulated that when you say, like, God is a libertarian. That really brings it home for me, <laughs> you know? Oh. You know, I'm going to skip right over that. But that, that insight 
that goes deeper than just the politics of the thing or even the the human behavior of the thing, the sociology of the thing, uh, got mm -hmm. my attention, Jim. And and it's been a lot of fun to do these 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 episodes. Um, and we've already crossed a significant threshold in the process. Uh, most podcasts don't survive past a dozen episodes. In fact, they usually fall far short of that. So if you get over that twelve episode hump, you're already starting to to get to a place where. Um, you're going to be able to do some, some bigger stuff. And that's what we're doing next. We've got partnerships and different things arranged. Uh, things are beginning to click into gear um, to, to increase the number of people who are going to be exposed uh, to this message of grace. And during that interlude, during that time between that first conversation that we had in July of 2021, uh, I had the opportunity to participate in a class that reminded me very much took me to places that I had not been necessarily comfortable to go, but reminded me of my spiritual heritage and helped me clarify some things. And so when we come in here and we do a show called Gracearchy, you, you coin your own phrase, it's called a neologism. So we are inventing a word. When you come in and you do your own show called Gracearchy, people ask you naturally, what does that mean? And my shortest answer to that is that archy is the word that we associate with government, which is, you know, we have monarchy, we have, which is a king, a royal, we have anarchy, which is no rulers, right? The archy in this case would be by grace. And grace is that empathetic reaching out to other people. It goes beyond forgiveness is good, tolerance, I'm sorry, tolerance is good, forgiveness is better. But this goes even further. It's about understanding, hey, what's your deal? What makes you tick? Why did you make the decision or do the thing that you're doing right now? Which is especially important when the thing that you did is something that potentially is offensive, potentially is off-putting, potentially is wrong, potentially is destructive. How do, I, how do I reach in and touch you now when you're engaged in a behavior that I don't understand and I want to understand? I care about you as a human being. And I think I've, I've got a career here now. I've been at this for a very long time. Um, I have been uh, a, a nonprofit CEO. And before that, I have candidate experience and campaigns and different stuff I did before that professionally. But I've been a nonprofit CEO since September 9, 2001. Two days before 9-11, I was chosen to take over an organization. And I have been doing that kind of work in primarily the libertarian space. There's been a couple of side projects here and there, but mostly libertarian space all that time. And I've gone through an evolution that says, okay, well, we got to change things politically by getting people elected. No, we got to change things by getting, by uh, leveraging the power of people to make everyday election day, to contact their legislators, give them their work orders. No, uh, we've got to begin to get people to understand a philosophy, a moral philosophy that kind of undergirds all this. No, wait a minute. It turns out that we need to have grace from each other, with each other, and that the, the best source of grace, and your mileage may vary, but your best source of grace is someone who came and died to demonstrate it. Jesus gave us this model that we could follow. And it's almost like all the different things I've been doing have kind of come together, and I was reminded of that over the winter. And I come to you and I say, Bill, I think I know what I want to call the show, Grace Arkey. And your response is, when do we flip on the switch? Let's go. 
Yeah, let's make so we kind of knew we had something at that moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole like cadre of people out there who know that they're that first of all that something's wrong, but they don't really have um a leadership that takes them towards what the solution might be. Now, I'm saying that advisedly, and the reason I'm slowing down on that is because, in fact, they do, but they don't know it yet. They're like me. They're people who've decided that our spiritual heritage no longer lives in the church, that it's somewhere else, and we're done with the building, and we're done with the politics, and we're done with the organization, but we still have the, the core faith that is about, that's keeping us going, like that, that gives us a moral compass, that lets us make good choices, and uh, more importantly, lets us argue with one another skillfully that aspect of discourse, because the only way you can do a skillful argument is with grace. Take grace away and you've just got a, an argument, but you put grace in and you've got potential. So this, this message, if you will, this movement, this philosophy is very, very uh, grounded in what works and what really works. And having the mm -hmm. opportunity to offer that with you in like in today's terms, you know, what's going on with, with the White House and with the Supreme Court and what's going on in the world? And just offering it in that context, Jim, is a remarkable opportunity that we have. And, you know, I don't, it's not about being right. And as you've demonstrated and admitted right here that there's an iteration to this. We, we start, we try something, it kind of works. We, we sharpen it up, we try something new, that kind of works, we sharpen it up, you know, and just keep on moving forward. And if we can do anything to model that in grace, Archie, I think we're doing our jobs, don't you think? Yes. So I, I, and I want to make clear something right now. I'd like to lay down a marker that I am a believer. And I believe that Jesus died for me and that he died for you. And I believe that that moment uh, of his death and his resurrection, it, it has transcendent meaning. It's a truth that's deeper than fact. This is my belief. This is where I place myself. Not everyone's comfortable with this. Some people might think I'm engaging in some kind of fantasy play. I promise that if you are judging me about this right now, you probably haven't been exposed to the gospel message as it was intended. Um, I'm not trying to say I have some special knowledge or whatever, but I do think that there has been an, a, over time, this hierarchical institution that is more interested in self-preservation and its own profits and growth. And that there has been corruption, that, 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 that there's a reason that God has a command that says, do not use my name in vain. And it has nothing to do with cursing, uh, which I'm damn willing to do. It has to do with trying to use God to rule and, and have authority over others to control them to suppress them, to harm them even for personal gain or pleasure. That's not what we're advancing here. We've got something that's radically different that we're looking to unpack. And I want to be clear that I see this message as inclusive, that the, my, the, my understanding of this is that Jesus died for all, um, not because he owed his father some deal, right? This, this, this was, there's not an angry God here. It wasn't sinners in the hands of an angry God. It was God in the hands of angry sinners. And this mob mentality that you saw in his, at his trial and at his crucifixion, this scapegoat that you saw there, these are, these are transcendent concepts that he basically comes in behind and shows that are different. And this message is, avail is, is, is valuable 
And as far as I'm concerned, on two levels, one is if you are a believer, and particularly if you are a believer who's been stuck in some kind of more formal institutional type of church, where they've taught you that there is this separation between you and God, and that God is angry, and that you have to atone for it, and you're a bad person, and all the rest of that stuff. We have, a, we have, a, there is, the gospel is not that, that's not good news, and there is a gospel. And we are going to talking about how to live it and apply it here, and how it matters and transcends into social interaction. But the second group of the people who don't believe this, and maybe even are like, geez, Jim, shut up already. I don't care about any of this stuff. I understand you. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Not only will I say that some of my best friends are atheists, I will say to you that I, I, I have, I've commonly had better conversations with skeptics than I've had with believers. That's been a very, very common thing for me over the years. And I, I feel you. I understand I've gone through my own doubts and I've analyzed and I've listened to things that you've had to say coming to this. But whether or not you agree with this, and this is to you personally, if you don't believe, two things are true. First, you have believers in your life. And if you want the believers to embrace a position, and you probably came to know me through libertarian voluntarist type stuff, if you want people to embrace that kind of position, you want to reach believers, this might be a really good place to begin sending them. This might be the stuff that you learn here on the show might be things that you can take back and share. And so in the episodes to come, we're not going to hesitate to get a little more biblical about all this stuff because we want them to come here and we want you to feel free to send them. The second thing is you can't ignore the fact that we are more divided than ever and that a big part of our problem right now are people who have mixed God and country, who have mixed the flag and the Bible, who have put the sword with their spirituality, and they want to triumph and defeat over other people in a culture war. It's not a new problem, but it's acute and bad on both sides. And the solution out is to end the scapegoating, which is the specific thing that Jesus modeled. And the better that we can get this across, the more that we can get people to adopt an ethic of grace. I, I would much prefer on my heart, I'm just talking from my heart right now, I'd much prefer that like you saw what I saw, you feel what I feel, and it had the transformative effect for you. It meant something to you. But if you can't see that, the ethic of grace, the understanding that we are all human beings, each struggling to make it through our day and with the experiences that we have, so, Bill, I want to reach that level of dialogue in our culture. A lot of our episodes up to this point, and I anticipate going forward, are about creating that space for the other, where we can begin to have a conversation. And the dictate to believers is that they do as God has done them. Uh, God has done. God has opened up. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's opened up a space to embrace us and pull us in. And so that's our model. This is what we are supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be taking up a cross and going into the culture, not to combat and fight and win, because this is all passing. This is all a season. Today's struggles are going to go away and we'd be priced by brand new ones. You know, to quote the great biblical scholar, Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire. So- Go ahead. We should offer people a sort of a, a way in on this, too, because this is not just a conversation that you and I are having, Jim. Uh, we're on YouTube 
and we love comments there. We respond to the good ones. My job here is to sort of ask the questions that are happening in the world and to get Jim to respond. And you'll know when you've got a good question, if I ask it, because Jim is gonna look up and to the left. The brain is in <laughs> high gear at that moment. <laughs> oh man, you've given him my tell. Now I can't play poker. No, ah. you can't play, not on this show. We're not about, but, you know, when, when a good question hits, and the remarkable thing is that usually at that moment, there's there's a real moment of authenticity, a real moment of honesty that comes into that. And we we strive for those moments. You're going to hear us talk and we're going to ramble and sometimes you're not going to follow it. So listen again. Um, you're going to hear us be short and punchy and you're going to disagree. Fine. Listen again. But if you want to ring in, do that. Subscribe, like, you know, do all the YouTube things and then comment. And we will read those comments and actually respond to you if you've got a good point. And better yet, we'll bring it up in a show. We did a whole episode recently on on somebody who had a really great question. Yes. And, you know, it was episode worthy. So we did it. And, and we want you to know that because we're not just sitting here in an echo chamber. This no. is a very much about real life. I, You know, we could talk at length about what real life has meant for us. You've heard a little bit about what Jim does. You can find both of us online. But let's let's keep the conversation going here in a way that serves you when you're listening and watching to this. We want to serve your thoughts and answer your questions. And we want to make sure, Bill, that we're leading people to a place of grace, that we're leading people to a place of understanding. And I want to thank you for talking me into doing this. And I want to thank you for... Um, making he, folks Bill does a lot of the stuff to kind of make sure all this stuff gets posted. Cause if we, we'd record the episodes, but you'd never see them if I was in charge. <laughs> and not only that, he asked the questions. He's also uh, exhibiting a degree of vulnerability because he just comes in and he just asks the questions that, that innocently uh, there's an innocence to him that, that would occur. And I, I love this. This is, um, because it's challenging and it throws me off into different places. Uh, I, I can go on for a long time and I have things I want to say, but having you come in and kind of say, hey, what about this? Or what about that? And kind of poke it. And you've done that in a very uh, a gentle, but very helpful way. And so I'm honored to, uh, to be with you here, brother. Well, thank you, my friend. This is, this is really a great experience to be able to interact um, with, with all of your experience, which is so different from mine and yet find some commonality there that's that's magical. It really does have a, a quality of novelty to it, of inspiration, of, hey, you know, there might be a different way to think about this, Bill. And and that, Jim, that's priceless. And thank you. Uh, I, I thank you for that. This has just been, you know, what we are, 20 episodes. It's hard. We've hardly scratched the surface here. There's We've so hardly much scratched more the surface. So much. So more. I want to talk to one more thing to our audience before we go. And that is, I want to say to you that I, I appreciate uh, every one of you listening. I have valued the comments that have come in and hope that you continue to listen and that you will tell people to come find this show with you, have conversations about what you're starting to learn here and what we're discovering. Because I think we are discussing a new way of thinking. We are discussing, well, maybe it isn't a really new way of thinking. It's a very old way of thinking that's been overlooked for a very, very long time. And this has the opportunity to I think, bring people together and end a lot of the violence and coercion that we see, the aggression that's in our culture, uh, which is fed directly by the existence of the state. If you're interested in that, if you're interested in solving that, 
regardless of whether you see your faith in exactly the same shape that I do, you got to see that there's an opportunity here, that something special is being said, and that there are people that probably in your life right now that need to hear it. So thank you for listening. And hey, let's throw a little invitation their way too. Next time you're in town, man, let's have a party at the barbecue. <laughs> I'm looking we forward to getting back there. Who cares if we record a show? Let's just meet everybody and, and have some barbecue together. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bill. Thank you.